Hello everyone, welcome to the Leadership Journey Podcast, an absolute enlightenment for leaders on how to become better, serve better, love better, and to live better. I would like you to tune in and listen open-mindedly for beneficial messages to come across to you. Hello everyone, thank you for joining me on today's episode. And on today's episode, I am having Dr. Arura Don Benton. She is the founder and chief change agent of Abstracto LLC. Welcome, Dr. Arura. Thank you. Uh, I I would need you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Absolutely. So thank you so much for inviting me to speak to your listeners today. My name is uh, Dr. Aurora Dawn Benton, and I am the founder of Astrapto. And Astrapto means to illuminate, and our mission is to shed light on social and environmental issues in the workplace. Uh, We work predominantly in the events, hospitality, and travel sectors, but our online courses, particularly the one on overcoming objections to sustainability and the one on green teams has have been um, taken by people from 20 different industries so it's really a broadly applicable topic and we really try to make sustainability practical and approachable and enjoyable because it can be something that can be a little bit intimidating to people and a a little bit overwhelming because there's just so much entailed in sustainability so it's really just about enabling and empowering people to make change whether that's small change or big change wherever they're at wow wow that's great that's awesome so uh one thing i know for sure about you is with everything you've tried to uh tell us right now i know you are more concerned about influence you're more concerned about you impacting lives you're more concerned about supporting in the business sector so what 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 do you understand by influence what do you understand by influence so i think influence is if you think about it you know we're influenced every day throughout the day whether it's you know, oh, I saw an advertisement on something or I had an inspirational conversation with a friend who motivated me to do something different. Or I just looked out the window and thought, well, I want to be outside a little bit today, right? So <laughs> the concept of influence is nudging behavior. And ideally, we want to nudge behavior to a positive direction. And that can be really small things influencing people sometimes it's it's the behavior we're really nudging is just even like how we perceive something right so maybe it's more like attitudes but that of course ultimately translates into we hope (laughs) different behavior so it's really about just opening people's eyes and getting them to see something different and then getting that thought process to influence some sort of behavior and it takes time and it takes patience and it takes an understanding of who you're trying to get the message across to. And I think this is particularly important in sustainability because a lot of people in sustainability come at the topic with an extreme sense of urgency, which makes sense because we have really urgent, dangerous, harmful, horrible situations going on related to sustainability. We have climate change, we have hunger, we have so many problems that can be solved with a sustainable mindset but most people have not made the complete connection between these problems and their daily behavior and so when they receive sustainability messages with such intensity and negativity and um sort of like these are big problems. It makes it's overwhelming to people. They don't know like, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm not even sure I really believe you. And now you want me to do something about it. Why is this my fault? So you have a lot of resistance and influence is really just about getting people to see it differently. And then as a result, change some small piece of behavior. And it, and you know, I even think about like my own sustainability journey it's little by little by little you know it seems like i'm always learning something new where i'm like 
oh, maybe I should change that behavior. Like I recently changed from using toothpaste in tubes to a powder toothpaste that comes in a like compostable paper mm -hmm. packaging. And so it's like, I mean, I've been in, into sustainability for years, but I only just discovered this like, oh, why don't I change my toothpaste, <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, how did that happen? Um, I was influenced by an Instagram ad. <laughs> wow, 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 great. Uh, I, I, one thing I, I, I understood from one, what you said now is you're concerned about sustainability, which, which is awesome. And I believe sustainability is something everyone, we, we, we need to understand as leaders, because I believe we have to uh, uh, understand the, com the concept of sustainability in business, in life, in uh, different aspects of our lives and different things we do. So, uh, I, and that is what you do at Astrapto, right? And I would yes. need you to just give us how, how did you come about Astrapto? What, what inspired you? What was those things you you thought of and she said well, i need to start up a company and who are those that has, uh, uh, supported you in that journey great question you know i think it's a little bit more of a sort of personal career journey because i had been doing social impact i had been mentoring social entrepreneurs and doing some social impact work for a while but it was always something I kind of did on the side. It was like a side gig or, you know, I was teaching some sustainability courses and, and courses in CSR, corporate social responsibility. And I'd always had this desire to work full time in that space. And I started, I worked on my doctorate degree. I have my doctorate degree in that. And in 2016, uh, the company I was working for, they sold the division I worked for to a European company and all the U.S. jobs were eliminated. And so I was in a career transition point and I started thinking about how I'd always, for years I'd been saying to myself, one day I want to work full time in CSR. And I, I was like, well, wait, what day are you waiting on? I mean, <laughs> like, whose permission are you waiting on to do this? This is ridiculous. And says I go out and try to find a job in sustainability. And at my career point at that time, and even now with the years of experience I have, there's a certain title and level I would expect to be at in an organization. and all kinds of different types of jobs, all of which are have to do well to do sustainability, right? So I had, I had all the functional expertise I knew that I needed. And I spent lot, a lot of 2016 really going deeper into my education and credentialing and things like that related to sustainability. And so I decided that the effort to start my own consulting business would be as intense as the effort to find a job in this field so why not start a company instead of trying to find a job because the effort's going to be the same and if along the way I found a job then great but really along the way I started a company <laughs> so, so it was a very very difficult to start a business and get it off the ground but um, I wouldn't do anything differently Wow, wow, great, great, great. Now, I, I, I know to, to start a business because here yeah, I run a business with my dad and an estate and property management company. And I know that to run a business, it's not, it takes uh, uh, strength, it takes uh, more than motivation, it takes more than uh, uh, the right mindset, it takes for you to be actionable, it takes for you to have some certain skills. It, like a leadership skill it takes for you to be a, an awesome leader a leader who is ready to learn at the same time a leader who is ready to accept responsibility a leader who is ready to be flexible because in business you have to understand some certain things you have to understand when you need to pivot you have to understand when you need to be flexible you have to understand when you need to change your steps to achieving a certain goal and 
with your company being around for more than four to five years uh, and with one thing i've seen you guys are really really bothered about influencing that and if you should know me well i believe leadership is influence i believe everyone who is a leader if you if you can have a chance to influence anyone anytime you are a leader and i learned that from john maxwell so with with what you, the awesome work you're doing with astrapto you guys have shown that you are a leader because you're trying to improve a certain uh, kind of problem yeah you're trying to solve a solution you're trying to bring out a solution for a problem that the world is facing right now and with you being there you've tried to move the company you've tried to uh, work with people you've tried to uh, 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 mentor different kind of entrepreneurs you've tried to move uh, different kind of courses that has influenced people so now with the COVID-19 around with the COVID-19 and everything happening around the world that has disrupted businesses right now how, how do you think you've led differently during this pandemic well, I um, I would say that I was already on the pivot journey before COVID started. So COVID just really, um, I, I was traveling a lot. And when I was traveling a lot, I didn't have time to work on some of the ideas and development of content that I really wanted to create that's necessary to influence the way I want to influence. So while I miss traveling, terribly i'm i can't wait to get back out and travel again it's been a real gift to have this time to be able to develop content i think the challenge with this is that everybody you know there's tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of consultants around the world who were suddenly grounded like i am and and the the main course of action for 90% of those was, oh, I'll create an online course. Oh, I'll run webinars. Oh, I'll do, you know, all these things that the market is saturated with all of that. And I think a lot of people are, um, are, you know, not necessarily, there are people taking courses and doing, you know, filling this time this way, but I think that it's difficult. Like, I think it's easy to assume that you can just translate what you were doing before into this digital format. And that's not as straightforward as people think. You, you can't just record a one hour webinar and expect that, you know, lives will change. <laughs> it's part of the process. I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things, but a lot of this has just been about, well, well, what is it that, what is the format people are looking for what is it that people can gravitate towards and learn from and apply, right? So my approach, really even before COVID, but now I'm, I'm really, you know, doubling down on this approach is to make the content and the courses and the work I do as practical as possible. So it's not just theory, it's action. So there are worksheets and checklists and toolkits and, you know, these very practical things that enable you to apply. And I think a lot of people out there are doing really great work like that. And I commend that because you have to understand that just because it's, you know, it's, it's challenging because as a consultant, you're paid to be the expert. And really what I've been working on, again, I've been doing this since before COVID, is I want to be able to basically say, I don't have to be the expert. You can be the expert. You work in this company. You know the people you work with. You know the building. You know the business. I'm really not the expert. I might know more about sustainability than you do, but you're the expert because the, the solutions, I find that a lot of times when I go into buildings, and again, a lot of my work in this space is in hospitality, you know, hotels and convention centers and caterers and of large events and travel and tourism. And when I go into places and talk to people, I find that whoever I'm talking to, if it's like a director of housekeeping or somebody who works at the front desk or, you know, even like one of my courses, a lot of college students take the course and they work in entry level positions, but they are full of ideas and passion for how 
their business, the place where they work could be more sustainable. And so I feel like it's maybe it's almost like democratizing, you know, something like what, you know, sophisticated sustainability consulting can can really sometimes live in a very specific department with people with very specific skills because it is a complex, scientific, detailed, um, budget-oriented kind of thing. And so um, there tends to be this mentality, not always on purpose, but it leaves the lower levels of the organization behind. And so I really think it's about up and down empowerment, you know, really all the way from executive to dishwasher and getting everybody involved and helping everyone understand what their contribution can be and that they have the opportunity to be a leader in their place. Like you don't have to have the title. You just have to have the willingness to have conversations with other people, you know, start a green team site, create a volunteer um, outing, uh, schedule a field trip to the local waste management facility, things like that. Right now, some of that's a little difficult right now with COVID, but you know, that'll end and we'll be able to go back to some of these kinds of activities. And so I think it's really about my leadership is really about, I want to turn anyone who's willing to listen into a leader. Wow. 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 I really, I really can't get over this. Right. Now, so uh, before we move on, I, during your conversation, you've said a lot of a lot about sustainability. I just need you to break that down for our listeners right now. That concept yeah. of sustainability. I need to break that down for our listeners right now. Great question. Yeah, that's a great question. So sustainability is actually the triple bottom line. So a lot, sometimes people think that it's just the environmental side. But sustainability is the social, the environmental and the economic. It's the technical definition that a lot of people rely on comes from this um, group of people who met. It's called the Brundtland Commission. I think it was 1970. And it basically says that sustainability means the growth and development today without compromising the growth and development of future generations. And so that applies to the way we use resources, the way we treat people, the way we manage money. It's all of it. And you can also visualize three circles inside of each other. And it's this concept that's called nested dependencies. So in the inner circle is the economy. We can't have a strong economy without the next circle, which is people. We can't have a good economy without healthy, thriving people. And then that is inside of the bigger circle, which is the planet. The people can't be healthy and thrive if the planet isn't healthy and thriving. If we don't have a protection of biodiversity and good air quality and all of the other things that that entails. So sustainability truly is about all of those things. It's having a mindset of resilience and conservation and care. Thank, thank you so much for that. So I, I, I can see that our listeners ready to flow with us in this conversation. So I just needed you to clear that for our listeners. So right now, I can see before I ask this question, you, you were talking about how you've been able to prepare ahead. Now, a lot of businesses, a lot of business leaders didn't have the opportunity. They, that with this, it shows that you were able to think ahead, even though you, you were not. You, you were not you didn't know how the COVID-19 was going to hit us this hard but you, we can see from what you said now that you're able to think ahead you're able to uh, 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 be in the future before the future arrives you're able to look for ways to be more innovative right now a lot of business leaders are not like you a lot of business leaders we, we're not able to think ahead just the way you've done so how do you what is your advice for them right now on how they can move on how they can be more innovative with the way the COVID-19 has hit us because a lot of businesses right now are down because this this pandemic has hit them so so hard that they do not know how to move on they do not know how to advance because they felt guilty that oh I wasn't able to prepare for this not everyone had the opportunity to prepare for this COVID-19 but you were uh, opportunity to you by by 
by your your leadership skill and by your thinking uh, 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 growth and everything you were able to prepare so what is your advice for business leaders who were not opportuned to prepare ahead for this covid 19 well i i think a couple of things come to mind i think for a lot of people that this so there's there's one thing is how does this how can this question be applied to sort of the everyday person and then another is maybe how it's how it applies to people who like are leaders right lead teams and such so for the first part of it i would say for just the everyday person in whatever position in whatever capacity in whatever industry there are a lot of people who probably are finding themselves very unemployed for the first time in their lives and so if you're you know if you're in your 30s or 40s and you've had a pretty good career and maybe you've even moved around from company to company and had some good progression and stuff or maybe you've been with the same company for 5 10 15 years this might be the first time a lot of people are not only unemployed but unemployed in a market where there are no jobs so in my space a lot of people in the hotel industry a lot of people who work in hotel sales and hotel food and beverage a lot of meeting planners a lot of people work in convention centers you know a lot of these people are not only unemployed but they're unemployed in a market with lots and lots and lots of their colleagues also unemployed and so um that is a really tough thing to experience and i think the reason one of the reasons that i have been resilient is that unfortunately i went through that or maybe fortunately for me at this point in my life but i went through that a few times already uh i went through i was working in the tech industry in 2090 well 96 through 2001 so when the when the tech market crashed and i was working in silicon valley and so not only did my company i the company i worked for went out of business i went to work for another company that 6 months later went out of business and then 911 happened and so i was i was like two and a half years of unemployment and underemployment i had a masters degree i was smart i had good references and i went two and a half years doing temp work and walking dogs or whatever i could do <laughs> to make a little bit of money and it was a crazy time and then in 2007 and 8 i was working in financial services when the housing market in the US crashed and the, all the financial you know we had a, a um really difficult time then really the world all the world markets yeah. right with with just the the financial chaos yeah. and so again i found myself you know working for a company that just went completely out of business so in these cases it wasn't anything i did and and then again in 2016 i was working for a company really doing great and had a a great job and great reputation and they sold off the division that i was working for and it just so happened that the company was trying to go public at the time and i if you've ever worked in a company that's trying to go public i've been to, in a few of these now it's like all bets are off right so it's so it was like every day i would talk to people like oh my god you're going to so land on your feet you're so oh my god you know people would be complimentary and like oh you'll easily get a job in another one of our divisions and everything and then there was hiring freezes and it was just a big mess so i've been <laughs> through this uh a few times and when you go through this it's um it makes it toughens your skin it makes you more resilient and so part of my advice is i know that this is so painful and even when you know it's not personal it feels personal even though it's this global pandemic that no one can control it feels so personal and i went through that even when it was like me and 80 other people getting laid off it still felt personal and that it's so i think i think i would just say you know don't don't miss the opportunity to do some soul searching to learn more about who you are as a person to take some personality tests and skill assessments and just really take time to reflect on what your heart is telling you and what your heart might have been missing out on 
because then you'll become more secure in what you're looking for when the market bounces back and you do have choices. So that would be my advice to those lost and frustrated right now about this whole situation because you know, for me, I always ended up in a better place. I always ended up in a new industry, a new place, a new opportunity that I could have never imagined and always happier and always learning and developing my skills. So, so that hopefully would be an encouragement for those people. And then I think for the, the leader, like if you're still in your job and you're trying to lead a team and stay positive, um, you know, I think there's a, there's so many great resources and so many people talking about this right now, how they're creatively using Zoom and how they're, you know, doing um, mental health checks. And um, I was talking to somebody the other day who said that his wife works for a company that does like call center work. And so as soon as COVID hit in March, they, you know, like there was like, I don't know, how many people that all of a sudden all had to work from home who normally would come into this call center and they invested in buying high-end ergonomic desk chairs to send to the homes of every one of those people in that company i thought that is leadership because if you're now, if you're used to going into an office where you have control over that, you buy these nice chairs, and when you sit all day, you know, working in this kind of um, environment, and a lot of people did not have home office setups, they didn't have comfortable seating, they didn't have quiet areas, they didn't have secure internet and all these things. And so when I hear stories about companies caring for their employees in that way, which also in turn cares for the product and the output and the productivity and the efficiency and the bottom line. And there's nothing wrong with that. And so I think when you can show and you can demonstrate that you can do both, that you can care for people and their well-being, which also in turn cares for your bottom line and your shareholders or stakeholders, that's a beautiful thing, right? That's really a symbiotic, lovely situation. So I think that there are innumerable creative ways that you can lead right now but it does people who are in leadership you you don't get much of your opportunity to have your own little pity party which is i mean i'll admit like sometimes i want to have my own pity party but because i need to lead other people it sort of forces me like okay get over yourself and and get back out there and be the person other people need you to be but also not ignoring my own needs you know really really paying attention to what i need to do to take care of myself um which i haven't done the best job of during the last six months um but you know i think that's probably the case with a lot of people wow 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 great uh, 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 I, I, I can see you've, you've deposited a lot to us right now. Now, let's just go back a bit and I will need you to answer that quickly, as fast as you can. Now, you, you, you back from 1996 when you said you lost your job, uh, you had to move to another uh, uh, working space, you lost the same job, went to another working space, you lost the same job and you uh, for sure had some difficulties during, that, during those times. Now, if you can relate that to some kind of some people's situation right now, a lot of people that have been laid off even before the pandemic, and right now with the pandemic, they've not found somewhere to fit in. They've, they've not found somewhere to uh, find themselves doing, and they are not still. They are not trying to forgive themselves. Let me use that. They are not trying to forgive themselves into moving on. And this is you right here moved from another job to another one still was laid off and you found a way to pick up yourself move on to another can you just give a quick advice to someone listening to listening to us right now because they, they yeah. also they also can find themselves in that situation real quick yeah this is a piece of advice i give to people all the time who ask me how to get into sustainability as well and i also tell a lot of college grads the same advice volunteer for industry organizations there are so many associations and organizations and a lot of them because of covid have reduced their membership rates or they have started offering some of their education for free that you'd normally pay a lot of money for 
Um, That has been a huge help for me in getting my company started. In fact, I, I would say one of the top things I did to get my company launched was I got very involved in industry initiatives around sustainability. So committees that were making up guidelines and writing policies and creating certification standards and doing communication campaigns and all of that. When you get involved in those things, first of all, you keep yourself busy. So you feel productive, you feel useful. You get to uh, collaborate and communicate with others who are in similar situations and ideally with some who may be more experienced than you and can give you good wisdom and mentorship. Um, you also have something to put on your resume. It's, it's an active thing. It's almost like having a job sometimes. I know for some of the volunteer work I've done, it's almost been like having a, a part-time job. And when I was doing two or three at a time, it was almost a full-time job of just volunteering. But I learned so much. I met so many people. It was fantastic networking, great for the resume, and really uh, keeps you, I think more than anything, it just keeps you mentally and emotionally connected and moving forward versus stagnating or, or you know, sort of declining in those areas. Yeah, wow, wow. Thank, thank, thank you for that. So they just have to serve the because if I should uh, I try to call all you said right now is for them to serve because you're trying to uh, volunteer yourself to um, non-governmental organizations. You're trying to uh, surrender yourself to help and support organizations who are trying to move a good course, which is awesome, which is awesome. So guys, for you that are finding it difficult to move on, try to volunteer, try to, try to uh, support good courses around, try to uh, uh, do things that would uh, 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 that would make you feel better because one thing about you serving, one thing about you rendering services, it makes you feel better. It makes you have that uh, uh, some kind of happiness within you, which is awesome. So, uh, Doctor Aurora, I would need you to just real quick. We have to just go over this week, right now. Weeks. Uh, I I understand that Astrapto before the uh, pandemic, you guys. Your main work was to move outside, try to consult and do sort of things like that. So with the uh, the, uh, the lockdown and everything that happened and with the gradual easing down of this lockdown, how has Astrapto being able to influence, Astrapto being able to add value to people right now? So I've started something a couple of months ago, a few months ago now, a monthly one hour open session called office hours and i feature a different sustainability topic each month but anybody can show up and ask any question they have about sustainability and so i find that the people who come to that are are very curious about sustainability have some have been learning about sustainability themselves and they enjoy being able to participate in the conversation so i just i think it's important to create that space and it's there for anybody who wants to show up during that hour and we run it on Facebook live as well so people can watch through Facebook live on our our Facebook page and that's just one example of something we're trying to do to just be uh, available and relevant and helpful wow wow great 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 so uh, 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 I, I, I love that you that you guys are still being able to be in motion you're, you're trying to be available because I, I, I was speaking with a friend like some days ago and this person runs a, a, a adventure and majorly their work is to be available, to mix with people, try to uh, uh, move around with a lot of people. That's what their work is all about. And I was like, okay, how are you guys coping during this time? And he said, we, we, we just closed. I was like, what? you just close just like that like if you should get what i'm saying right now this is not the time for businesses to just close down this is not you have to be in motion you have to be present right now because whatever you are doing right now would be something that would be an advantage for you after the lockdown if you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. so yeah okay go on, go ahead go on. no i was gonna say i think it's really tough because like for me 
um, I, I don't have full-time paid employees, right? So my work is either done through partnerships with other consultants similar to me, and we come together and do projects together, and then I have interns. And my interns, you know, that's a more flexible and fluid sort of um, situation. And so I have a lot of sympathy and um, just I can't even imagine what it's like if you're a small business who has five or 10 or 50 paid employees and you you don't have a choice if your business shut down if your whole business was servicing if you were a restaurant I mean restaurants in the US are closing left and right permanently closing not just temporarily closing but permanently closing because they still have to pay rent they still have to pay insurance they still have to pay salaries they still have to pay all these things so I feel really um, my heart really goes out to the people who just don't have a choice. So I think, I think it kind of depends what you're saying a little bit depends, unfortunately, on finances. Some people just unfortunately have no other option but to shut down so that they can do all the legal and human resources, paperwork and official processes to let their people go and move on. And that's, that is just a sad reality where a lot of people are. Um, if, if people are like me and they can k keep it open and keep it going, then I hope, to your point, I hope that they would. I hope they would keep being there, <laughs> being present. That, that's good because I, I, I just wanted to say because I believe right now, you, if you should see a lot of business, they are trying to move on. They're trying to look for a way for them to be present. Just like a month before the lockdown right in Nigeria, I, I was opportune to speak with uh, some leaders of our, our organization in our church and they were trying to tell me how can they uh, um, move because by then churches were, were forced to lock down permanently so they were like how can we add value and how can we move and I said okay one of the things we just need to do since we were not prepared for this we, we've not really been into the uh the virtually kind of thing and settings and influencing i said okay what we need to do is let's destroy let's try and move online let's try and do everything we do online because absolutely by, by that we are trying to keep ourselves relevant mm -hmm. we are trying to keep influencing influencing sorry we may not do it in the best way but we're still trying to add value and which was the point i wanted to derive because you can't, for for instance, the churches in which I'm using for an example, they can't just go off like that. They, they can't just uh, uh, shut down the church without adding value because, you know, church is a community whereby uh, people get to uh, uh, come together and worship together and do things. So when, when, yeah. when, they, do, when they do not see that community anymore, they, they get to divert. They get to, look for, they get to look for another community where they can be accepted, where they get to accept them when they get to serve them so i told them you guys can do this mistake of just going off like that yeah we have to move online we have to find a way to stay present we have to find a way to keep influencing and thank goodness we've we've tried to uh, take this and we've tried to keep influencing keep encouraging people during this pandemic which i love the point you gave there so right now uh, i i, I want to ask something which I, I, I am so fascinated about, and it is about vision. It is about vision. Right now, you, 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 uh, 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 a lot of people are, 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 are discouraged right now. And the, that, that spirit for uh, motivation and uh, uh, strong will to achieve things are, are not there again. How are you keeping the vision of Astrapo clear? to your yeah. team members right now? Yeah, it's um, it's a good question because I think honestly part of the answer to that is the fact that I just don't have much else I could do right now, right? So, I mean, you know, it's kind of like, well, what would be my choice to lay on the couch and watch TV all day? And no, I don't really want to do that. Um, so I think it's, um, and because of my team members are mostly very young, it, I'm trying to really remind them that 
in three years, this is going to be a distant memory. And in 10 years, when they're really into their careers, really solid into their careers, this is just going to be, it's going to be like my situation in the 2000, you know, 2000, 2001, 2002, when I was unemployed. And it was just like, at the time, it felt like my world was over. But now it's just like, oh, I survived that and came out ahead. And I actually had some pretty good times with my friends. And so um, I think I just try to remind people that, you know, if you look, look across the span of your life, whether you're 20 years old or 50 years old, if you look across the span of your life, you see that some of you, you had bad moments and now they're just distant memories and that's going to be the case here. But, you know, I want to go back to something you were talking about earlier when you're talking about the churches to have to um, suddenly like get digital I was working in higher education before I started Astrajo, and what my la the last job I did there for the last couple of years was I was trying to help some schools be get um, their programs online, and they resisted. Oh my goodness, they resisted so much. There was so much resistance to putting classes online. They were they were they were really challenging to work with. <laughs> And they, and, and so I was starting to use, I've been using Zoom for like six years, right? This has been a regular way. I, and since starting Astracto, I've been working digitally. So when all of this happened and people were sort of like, oh, there's this thing called Zoom. I'm like, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> and then all that. these, you know, these schools, these, these schools that resisted me, you know, all the efforts I was trying to make to help them take some classes online, they had to go 100% overnight, 100% online. Wow. And so because <laughs> they resisted, right? And so it's, it's, I was a little bit like, how you like me now? <laughs> and so I think that part of the advice there is, <clears throat> excuse me, I think part of the advice there is when, when change, when you when change is presented to you, right? People resist change. They don't want to, they don't want to have to change what they do and how they do it. There's a lot of, <coughs> excuse me. Um, there's a lot of fear that comes around change. People are afraid that they will become irrelevant. They're afraid that they will um, not matter anymore. They're afraid they won't be respected. They're afraid that they um, will lose money or when people you, when you think about all the reasons people resist change that that will often come back to bite companies and people right because some companies after being around for decades suddenly no longer existed because they couldn't adjust right like the classic the classic case study in the U.S. is Blockbuster Video, right? That didn't pivot and, you know, of course, became obsolete yeah. and irrelevant. And so I think that great example of institutions that don't like to change. They don't like to adapt to technology. They, they like to put up a lot of sort of philosophical reasons why they shouldn't have to adapt, why we need to do things a certain way. Um, but they're not alone. I mean, companies, schools, you know, lots of organizations do this. Yeah. And so I would say, you know, it's a little too late. At this point, everybody's had to pivot. Like you either you, you pivot yeah. or you've just been completely left behind. You, you just... For the future, looking, you know, at what what is the next thing that's going to be this disruptive? And the way to build resilience for that is to not be so quick to dismiss new technologies and change coming because you just never know when it's going to be the differentiator. Wow. Wow. So I, I, I just want to go back to what you said that where where we need to everyone is forced to pivot right now. And I can remember one some episodes back and I was talking about reinvention. Because right now everyone, every business is even personally, we are forced to kind of find the space and come out stronger. We would go back. We went back during the pandemic when the uh, pandemic started first. Everyone went back and sat down and we were like, "Okay, what's next going to happen?" But we saw that this isn't going to go so early. Then everyone started looking for a way to come out stronger. Everyone's looking for a way to come out better. Everyone's looking for a way to come out uh, as 
a refined person. And I said, then I said, if you do not innovate, if you don't re innovate yourself, you will be forced to do so, or you'll be kicked out of business. And one of uh, my followers said, let's just, <laughs> which she said jokingly and was awesome. She said, re-innovate or die, which, which, <laughs> which, which was awesome. I was like, wow. Wow, if I had if I had known that I would have taken that and I was like, wow, this is awesome. Because if you since the pandemic has pandemic, sorry, has brought that uh, force upon us, everyone is trying to do something better, they're trying to make their services more refined, they're trying to make their products better, they're trying to offer something better to their customers right now. So and I love the way you, you said because everyone is forced to do so but you have been uh, uh, prepared you think ahead or now you would do that and right now you're still influencing that which is awesome so right now we'll just i before we go i would just want to move to you right now so how, how have you been able to up an internship program because normally on my with my business i travel so much that it's hard for me to have good consistency and routine so I had a summer internship program and had four interns. Actually, at one point, I think I had up to six at once. And that was really, really great. And now that I've done that, I want to try to keep doing that. And I'm looking at doing something similar in the spring. I still have some of the interns working part time, but um, you know they went back to school. And so now I'm now that I've seen how wonderful that is and how much we all enjoyed the work and it, how productive it was. And I took the time to set up training materials and, you know, set up a project management system and all that sort of stuff that you need to have in place in order to be able to bring people into your organization and have them be able to be productive and enjoy what they're doing and understand what they're, how they're contributing. So I think that was, that's probably been the, one of the most significant advantages or ways I've been able to leverage this. And also, just as I said earlier, having time, more time to do writing and production of content and course creation and things like that, that I normally don't have when I'm out doing in-person training and speaking. Wow. wow. Okay. Great. Great. That's awesome. Because I think you, you still into influence and impacting which is awesome. I love that. I love that because right now everyone is trying to refine themselves. Everyone is trying to go back to the drawing board. Everyone is trying to go back to the foundation of why they started the task of why they started the business of why uh, they're trying to rediscover themselves. And I think this, this pandemic has helped us a lot because everyone has just slowed down because everyone was on the move everyone's trying to go there do this do that and this pandemic just kind of slows down to rethink about our lives during this pandemic uh pandemic sorry uh, a lot of lives have been refined a lot of purposes has been uh, uh, discovered a lot of uh, callings as people have come to understand themselves more which is awesome i love that so what is your final advice to everyone right now your advice you want to give to everyone well i think as it relates to sustainability and because that's so you know pivotal or so sorry um central to my mission i would love to focus on that for this final piece of advice and i would say don't view it as something and i guess i would say this applies to any change any whatever the you know fill in the blank whatever the thing is that you want to try to influence and lead other people's other people too so I'm talking about sustainability I would say don't minimize your own power and position in driving change especially for younger people I think younger people have this sort of you have at the same time two things going on one you feel like you can control you can change and control the world because you know you're you have that young enthusiasm and optimism and you, you're still green and you haven't really learned you know all the things you need to learn but this, and unfortunately, too many corporate systems make you feel like you don't have power and you have to do your time. And all that is somewhat true. But I think it's really important to understand the way that you can influence and lead up and down an organization and those people right around you just by 
taking the time to follow some simple steps around change management to engage people where they're at, not to criticize them, not to make them feel like they're wrong or bad for their choices and how that might damage the planet or people, but to just educate people, you know, share information, share data, do the research and suggest small practical changes that are hard to say no to, right? Like make it, make it very difficult to, for people to say no to your ideas by just keeping it simple and practical and, and letting everybody experience the joy of success and progress. Great, great, great. Also, I, I love how you still able to, uh, I, your advice was still to be applicable to everyone, even though you are trying to give us that advice pertaining to sustainability, and I love that. So, guys, uh, I, I'm so grateful to you, Dr. Arura, for being a guest on today's episode. I do not take this privilege for granted, and I love how you've deposited a lot into us right now. You spoke from leadership, given us the personal advice, you've given us right now to how to come out stronger, how to become better, and I wish you nothing but success and a great achievement in the future. So, well, thank you. Uh, thank you so so much. I really appreciate. It. So, yeah, guys, it was my pleasure. Okay, okay, great, great. So, guys, uh, any information you will need about Ariel? So, can you please? On how our listeners can connect with you and anyhow you want to connect with them and any Yeah, absolutely. You, you can find us at Astrato Academy on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, we are at astrato.com and I will send you all those links so that you can share them on your channels. And we invite people to follow and join the conversation. Great, great, awesome, awesome. So thank you so, so much for joining us on today's episode, guys. And do not forget to leave a review on this episode after listening. Till we meet again next week. Thank you. We'd like to show our appreciation to as many that tuned in. We hope you enjoyed every bit of this episode. Please do make it a date to join us next week for another wonderful episode of the Leadership Journey. Let's endeavor to inform our friends and colleagues, and I promise you won't regret it. See you next week and stay tuned. Bye-bye.